Yes, but it is a chain, friend, which ensures you the blessed bread of existence, answered the poet. You need feel no care for the coming morrow. When you are old, you receive a pension. True, said the clerk, shrugging his shoulders, and yet you are the better off. To sit at one's ease and poetize, that is a pleasure. Everybody has something agreeable to say to you, and you are always your own master. No, friend, you should but try what it is to sit from one year's end to the other, occupied with and judging the most trivial matters. The poet shook his head. The copying clerk did the same. Each one kept to his own opinion, and so they separated. It's a strange race, those poets, said the clerk, who is very fond of soliloquizing. I should like some day, just for a trial, to take such nature upon me and be a poet myself. I am very sure I should make no such miserable verses as the others. Today, methinks, is a most delicious day for a poet. Nature seems anew to celebrate her awakening into life. The air is so unusually clear, the clouds sail on so buoyantly, and from the green herbage a fragrance is exhaled that fills me with delight. For many a year have I not felt as at this moment. We see already, by the foregoing effusion, that he has become a poet. To give further proof of it, however, would in most cases be insipid, for it is a most foolish notion to fancy a poet different from other men. Among the latter, there may be far more poetical natures than many an acknowledged poet, when examined more closely, could boast of. The difference only is that the poet possesses a better mental memory, on which account he is able to retain the feeling and the thought till they can be embodied by means of words, a faculty which the others do not possess. But the transition from a commonplace nature to one that is richly endowed demands always a more or less breakneck leap over a certain abyss which yawns threateningly below and thus must the sudden change with the clerk strike the reader. The sweet air, continued he, of the police office in his dreamy imaginings, how it reminds me of the violets in the garden of my aunt Magdalena. Yes, then I was a little wild boy who did not go to school very regularly. Oh, heavens, tis a long time since I have thought on those times. The good old soul. She lived behind the exchange. She always had a few twigs or green shoots in water, let the winter rage without as it might. The violets exhaled their sweet breath, whilst I pressed against the window panes covered with fantastic frostwork the copper coin I had heated on the stove, and so made peepholes. What splendid vistas were there, then, opened to my view! What change! What magnificence! Yonder in the canal lay the ships frozen up and deserted by their whole crews, with a screaming crow for the sole occupant. But when the spring, with a gentle stirring motion, announced her arrival, a new and busy life arose— with songs and hurrahs, the ice was sawn asunder, the ships were fresh tarred and rigged, that they might sail away to distant lands. But I have remained here, must always remain here, sitting at my desk in the office, and patiently see other people fetch their passports to go abroad. Such is my fate. Alas, sighed he again, and was again silent. Great heaven, 